It is Bike to Work Day to kick off Bike Week in Winnipeg. We have lots to discuss today. We have questions about what's the right of way or who has the right of way concerning bike lanes and how do we learn to just get along a little bit better. Also, today we had the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor, joined our show, particularly after some big news from the team that kicker Mark Leggio has been cut as we get ready for the regular season debut on Friday against Hamilton. And inspired by the Blue Jays fan who held a sign up at a game in Minnesota saying, my wife thinks I'm watching this game at Smitty's in Winnipeg. He's won free wings for a year from Smitty's. So that got us asking you, what's the coolest thing you ever won? I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And this is the Monday, June 5th podcast for the start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on a Monday morning, and I don't know about the two of you, but while I very much enjoyed the sun and enjoyed the heat this weekend, I feel like I need a weekend from the weekend. I am defeated after spending five hours in the sun on Saturday and then five more yesterday. I am... uh, I can like I actually feel it inside. Like uh, my my insides are jostled around. I'm just worn out. It's like a microwave oven uh, cooking you from the inside. <laughs> you yeah. know, you don't like to joke about these things because there have been people who have had negative experiences in these uh, tanning beds yeah. and with the same sort of impact and effect. But yeah, sometimes that sun just takes the life out of you. It's a giver and taker of life, McNabb. And it's the thing about it is that you love it so much and you're out there and you're like, yes. And then you're like, no, because it was that waffling back and forth at times. It was hot, hot, hot. So for if you weren't near air conditioning or water or the chance to cool off, even with just hydration, I mean, on the golf course, Brett, what's your strategy? Because you're out, you're out once you're out there. Like, what are you going to do? Jump in the water in the middle of the hole? <laughs> well, there are time, many times where I want to jump in the water and throw my clubs in the water, but uh, that's a different story. <laughs> but uh, there are, I mean, there, I'm in a power cart. Um, I usually ride when I play, so you can at least grab shade in the cart. And some of the holes have shaded areas and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the main thing is just bring lots and lots of water. Um, and try and even try to bring some, some sort of healthy snack just to get you that little protein boost halfway through the round, because it's, uh, (laughs) I can tell by the end of both days, especially on Saturday, I think Saturday was harder because it was really my first, first real blast of summer weather. And by the end, we were all sort of just kind of dogging it. Well, yesterday we went into one of our favorite and frequented retail locations, Jackie and I, and. And our favorite salesperson uh, knows us by name. I'll tell you how often we go to this place. (laughs) And he tried to complain about the heat. And I said, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I said, six months ago and six months from now, we'll be begging for some relief from the cold. So don't talk about the air conditioning isn't working quite perfectly in the building, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Because... To me, this is what we've been waiting for. We complain about winter for months on end. And this, to me, is this is perfect Manitoba summer. Yeah, it's a little bit too, quote unquote, quote unquote, too hot. But I'll take it. I'll take this over the cold anytime, anywhere, anyhow. Except for if there's no relief. Like, like if there's if you genuinely have no relief from it, 
then it's it's got to be something else because it, there there are people who might not like that's the only pe- you know that's the only caveat I'll throw into your I totally hear what you're saying we have to embrace it we have to love it this whole week looks good but if there if there's a situation out there where you can't escape it like or if you're going you know working all day and then you go home and your apartment's even hotter inside than it is outside then yeah, I have to feel for that because that's oh, I feel where it for becomes you, hard. You yep. cannot escape yep. it. Oh. I'm saying for myself, though. I understand. I get it. And I, you know, and I had a big plans yesterday. We went out to Pinawa, my oldest son and I. We were going to go tubing, and then of course the thunderstorms uh, sn- snuck in, and so they didn't want us on the water while we were tubing. So we checked out the old uh, Pinawa Dam out there and uh, had a good little day of adventure. But the sneaky, the sneaky little thunderstorms, you know, where you're like cruising along, and all of a sudden you look up and you're like, where did that come from? That's, uh, that might be the kind of day we're in for today and tomorrow, it looks like. Yeah, those little pocket thunderstorms were yeah. kind of scattered throughout the weekend. I remember even looking at the radar, and often you'll just see this massive band making its way across southern Manitoba. But not just in southern Manitoba, but it looked like across the continent, there were just these little tiny blips everywhere. And I could, even standing on my balcony in Osborne Village, I think it was Saturday evening, I could see a big storm off to the southwest and looked like one to the west and maybe to the north. All and I could hear it. It was all around me, but I didn't get it. Um, and then Sunday, I could do well, on LaSalle. I could tell they got it. Yeah, the, the same thing happened Friday evening, leading into the Blue Bomber game on Friday. Uh, the, Derek Taylor, who will join us later on this morning, said on his way in from the southwest. He was in a thunderstorm, yet by the time he got to the stadium, nothing. I got rocked off the couch by a massive clap of thunder in North Kildonan uh, about 4.30, quarter to 5, I want to say. That got me going and got me, uh, you know, into my pregame routine, so to speak, and told me it was time to get going better (laughs) than my alarm on my Apple phone, I guess, or my iPhone. But, uh, But we got nothing. So there are lots of people that had uh, symptoms of thunderstorms and got nothing over several days. So kind of bizarre. I think we're looking for similar today, in fact. We'll get more into the weather in a moment. And Drew Stremick's going to join us at 637 because we've been talking about the heat and that look back on May and how unusual it was. He's got some numbers for us. And uh, I'm wondering if anyone out there in our audience is planning to bike to work today because it's bike to work week. And we're not just going to chat about that after eight with Bike Winnipeg. But does anyone truly, and, and I'm meaning, I'm asking this sincerely. I thought this other day when I was coming down South Pamina, I love all the active transportation lanes that have been added to different routes. I'm genuinely uncertain what my rule is when I'm driving next to one and and who has the right to to turn and when and who's responsible for what. So I don't know about you guys, but I do have questions around biking period now that we're adding more of these lanes to the city. That's a great point. Yeah, because I know that even in in uh, downtown and in the exchange where they've added those bike lanes, you can all, it's, it's all one ways, but you used to be able to turn right on a red or turn left on a red on those lanes, but you can't. At least the turning, no more turning right on red because you'd be cutting across the bike lanes, and I remember that being, that being sort of jarring. I think I, I think I think I did it actually. I turned right on a red once, and then realized, oh, that's uh, that's a no no no. That's new. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what about if you are? So I'm thinking of at near the Fort. I think it's Fort Richmond. There's a liquor store I sometimes drop into, and I'm coming down Pemina. There's a trans. There's a bike lane on the right hand side to me. It's not protected. But if the bike is beside me, I, do I let them pass before I turn right, or do they let like do they stop to let me turn right? They have the right of way there. Yes, 
I would have question. Like, I don't know the answer to this. Yeah, good point. So we're working to get someone uh, who's in that milieu, driver's ed, to help us out with that. And in the meantime, if you've got some feedback on that subject, 780-6868. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Global morning weather specialist Drew Stremick is going to join us in a couple of minutes to talk about what was a hot, hot May couple of hot tickets. Jerry Seinfeld coming to Winnipeg September 22nd. We had a contest at CJOB.com called Jerry's Joke Pool where you got to submit your best zingers for a chance to win. And we shall declare that winner coming up just after 7.50 this morning. Also, another new contest. Chance to win some tickets for Country Fest. Dolphins Country Fest happening June 30th to July 2nd. We've got our first Country Fest code of the day coming up just after 7.15. So we'll do that every day for the next two weeks just after 7.15. Loren, you ever been out to uh, Country Fest? I know you like the country I music. I have, but not in a long, long time. I, was in, I would have been in high school the last time I did it. But it's a great time. It's a great even just to go for the day if you want... Or the weekend, you can camp out there. It's a wonderful facility. It's honestly, it's it, even if you don't like country music, you would enjoy yourself out there. So yeah, I uh, maybe I should try to win the tickets. Is that allowed? <laughs> I ask that like once a year. Have we changed the rules yet? Am I allowed to win any of these? Still no rule change, Loren. You're still ineligible. Okay, but well, I, I've got to get up there one of these years. I've never been. My dad used to go on the regular. So many people from Minnedosa and that, and you know Westman that I knew that would make it. The pilgrimage up to Dauphin for every July long weekend. And by all accounts, it's an absolute blast. They always seem to get a major thunderstorm, though, <laughs> somehow, some way, which wasn't uncommon. The following long weekend, the August long weekend in Minnedosa, we would often get at least one big thunderstorm on that weekend to interrupt festivities. I think it canceled sticks not once but twice in Minnedosa. Well, really? it's like you're you're gathering thousands of people together in a campsite in a field and Mother Nature's like, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Let's well, see how you handle this. <laughs> yeah, like I remember once, I don't know if it was 10 years ago-ish, there was, uh, I had some buddies who were out at Country Fest and there was this thunderstorm that on, it parked in over Dauphin for the whole weekend. It, it, just watching it on the radar, it just decided, yeah, this looks like a good spot to stop. And it just instead of moving out, it just swirled for three days straight. It was the I, I've never seen anything like it. But they still had a blast. And buddy's like, oh yeah, we were soaked. Everything was a mess. We had a great time. So. Yeah, that's not my idea of fun. M- mucky and and dirty and stuff. If I can't have a shower every day, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of out. You're out. Yeah. Like, do the, what happens? Do you just go find a spot to sleep for the oh, next I just, little while? I just, I need, I need to shower every day. I don't like to be muddy or dirty or anything like that. I was never one of those kids that made mud pies and went out and played in the mud, splashed in the puddles. That was just not my thing ever. Fancy. He's fancy. Maybe I'm fancy. It could be fancy. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You're just fancy. You know. <laughs> Meanwhile, I might go till Wednesday and I have a shower four feet from me. You know, but. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right. So the Country Fest code of the day is coming up just after 7.15. And again, we'll have a new code for you each day uh, for the next two weeks. Also, I see at cjob.com, there's something called Flippin' Awesome Dads, where you can nominate <laughs> a flippin' awesome dad and tell us why your pops is tops for a chance to win a $500 Lux Barbecue Company gift card. 
as, as Father's Day is next on the Well, docket. I guess if Loren's ineligible for the Dauphin Country Fest tickets, that makes me ineligible for this Lux Barbecue <laughs> gift certificate as well. You both just need to find ringers. Like Explain. Team system, like, like get someone that we know yeah. to write in <laughs> yeah. and then say, A when pseudonym? you win the prize, you don't get it. That seems not right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Wrong. Yeah. Gray air. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do, right? <laughs> there are shades of gray. So lots of stuff to win at CJOB.com. And of course, we've got tickets to win for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're playing the, the season. The regular season opens this weekend. So we've got tickets for Friday's game at IG Field. Um, who are the Bombers playing on Friday? Hamilton Tiger Cats coming to town. Yes. Rematch right. of the 2019 and the 2021 Grey Cup. So... Yeah, it should be a great game. The Bombers, of course, cut Mark Legio on Saturday. That was, I wouldn't say the biggest surprise, but it was certainly the biggest name player, a guy who'd been around for several seasons. Uh, you know, let go. We know what happened in the Grey Cup game last year. So that that may have, there have been a hangover situation with that. So uh, Derek Taylor will give us more details on that, what the Bombers are going to do with their kicking situation. And also, what's the latest on the Kenny Lawler suspension as uh, Derek joins us at 8.35, Brent. All right. So as we start the first full week of June with a couple of 30-plus degree days, it would seem the weather is a simple continuation of what we saw last month. So although not unusual for a May to be as warm as it was, just how warm was it versus the average? Let's find out. Global News weather specialist Drew Stremek steps away from his Global News morning duties on television to join us in the radio station. Drew, good morning. Good morning, guys. So let's start with the May temperatures. How did they compare to the usual May in these parts? Well, it it was a hot one. Uh, According to some of the meteorologists from here in Winnipeg, May was the second warmest on record uh, since 1872 when they started taking those uh, temperatures. Uh, Only 1977 has been a warmer May. Our mean temperature was around just about 18 degrees for the whole month. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, it was the 18th driest at the Mm -hmm. airport since uh, 1992 and the fourth most uh, 20 and 30 degree days since 1991 and 2018. Okay. Wasn't my imagination. Yeah. And then, and it's just carried on into June. Like, what are we looking at for long term here? Oh, absolutely. Uh, these above seasonal highs are continuing for the foreseeable future. Uh, in fact, our overnight lows in some cases have been around what our seasonal high should be. Oh, that's a good way to <laughs> contrast it. Yeah. Yeah. Like our, our normal highs for this time of year should be around 22 or 23 degrees. And we've had overnight lows around 20 degrees already so far this month. It's a, just to recap, that's as hot at night as it sometimes has gotten at the peak, you know, time of day in a typical early June. Yes. So our overnight lows, the coolest it should be, is what our normal highs in the afternoon should be. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah, I thought, I, I thought because I, I was wondering, like, it really does feel like a, a hotter May than normal, but I've seen 
we've seen the, some of the, this heat almost every year, but only for a couple of days. Yeah, know. not for this extended amount. So what about the precipitation situation? Because we're certainly not getting widespread showers or thunderstorms. Brett mentioned on Saturday how he could see from his balcony showers here, showers there, nothing where he was. I had a similar experience uh, yesterday and Friday leading up to the Blue Bomber game. There seemed to be thunderstorms all around. But there were large swaths of southern Manitoba that saw nothing in terms of precipitation. Uh, It hasn't been particularly windy. So that has played a little bit more in why a lot of these rain showers and thunderstorms haven't been moving around that quickly. Um, You know, they have been happening sporadically and they've been intense. Uh, So, for example, on uh, Saturday, we had nearly... 50 millimeters of rain, or sorry, yeah, 50 millimeters of rain fall in an hour at the Winnipeg airport. So despite that these rain showers aren't lasting long, they are very intense and they're bringing a lot of uh, rainfall with them. So it's just been a a wild past couple of days for uh, the start of June. All right. Global's Drew Stremick, weather specialist. Thank you very much, sir. we got to let you get back to your television, but thank you for popping down to Radio Alley. Of course, guys. Mackling McGarry and McNabb with a question for you. How'd you like free wings for a year? As Sarah McCarthy's been telling you in Global News, that's what Winnipeg man Howie Prosiak got from Smitty's. After a little stunt he pulled at a recent Blue Jays game, he's at the game in Minnesota on Friday, May 26th. He was caught on camera with a sign that read, My wife thinks I'm watching the game at Smitty's in Winnipeg. And by the way, he tells Global News his wife was in on the gag. Oh, definitely she knows, yeah. She was actually in Edmonton for the weekend, so she knew about it. She knew we were going to do something. She didn't know what the sign was going to say, but uh, once she got back to Winnipeg uh, on the Monday morning, I think it hit her too, because I said, this has gone absolutely crazy. Her thought was, uh, maybe I should send a picture of myself and staying, saying, does anybody know where my husband is? <laughs> so we want to know what's the coolest thing you've ever won, or I guess gotten for free. 204-780-6868 for a chance to win bomber tickets for this Friday's game against Hamilton. Let's go around the horn here. Why don't we start with Global's Sarah McCarthy. Yeah, mine was at a Blue Jays game, and I think some of the best surprises, well, depending if you like surprises, are the ones you aren't expecting. And sometimes they have those games where they hand out, like, the first 100 people get this free thing, this free thing. So we had no idea, but this was back in, like, 2018, I want to say, when Josh Donaldson was still, like, a big name player for them, and they were handing out t-shirts with him on it, and we just had no idea, so that was a very nice surprise, and it was free, so no complaints. Nice. And it was free. See, <laughs> yeah, that's like the that's statement. The key. Was, so like the crowd goes nuts when those t-shirt guns come yeah. out. We're like, I don't even want this t-shirt, yeah. but it's free. Exactly. And I will take it. The XXXL they can't sell. Here you go. <laughs> that are the and extra they're so small. Chocolate, though, when you get it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were pumped. What do they call Donaldson? Was it the Rainmaker? And that's what I said, bringer yeah. of rain. The bringer of on rain. On the shirt. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, Loren, what about you? Nothing. I never win anything. But I know somebody <laughs> who wins a ton. And uh, to the point where, like, I think I need to just, you know, those contests come in. And it's like, if you enter, you have a chance to, and you look at the receipt they hand you with the till, and, or you, you get that email, and you're like, I'm not filling this survey out. Well, guess what? When you do, 
you win things. And I need to be a person who wins things more because uh, the best thing we benefited from was my in-laws won a trip to the Olympics in 2010, a trip for four. Oh, my gosh. Mm. And the two of us got to go, my, my husband and I. So we got to go to the Olympics in Vancouver. The flight was included, the hotel for three nights. Uh, we then got a tickets to see Canada versus Germany in hockey speed skating and one of them was a final and Canada won either a gold or silver so that was super cool and then but the biathlon that's why I have the love of the biathlon no <laughs> idea what's happening but it was great and and again like lots of people will ignore those contests and so at the end of the day you think what are the odds well the odds might be that maybe only like a hundred people fill out those forms or write them in right and so I think I need to be a contest person and start going all in on those things contest connoisseur well you, yes. you can't complain about never winning if no, you never like, enter if you don't enter exactly no i know i know i mean i don't win anything in terms of contests or like lotteries or even a scratch and win like nothing like not even two bucks on those things but i think i need to start just entering and we'll see what happens Gorgeous. do one right now let's just see what happens um yeah i at one time and this was i wasted all of my luck on this I opened up a Kinder Surprise because sometimes I'm, you know, in the store and I want a Kinder Surprise because I, I enjoy the chocolate and you get a little thing. Um, and I won a Stanley Cup inside that. It was like this was like when I was in high school. It was a tiny mini Stanley Cup. It was like one of 150,000 chants and I, I pulled it. And that's the best thing I've ever won ever. <laughs> but I'll say this. My grandma, cat grandma, I've called her cat grandma my whole life because she's like regularly had like nine or ten cats out uh, uh <laughs> Past Victoria Beach, anyway, saying about Albert Beach. But anyways, uh, she is the, it has been my entire life, the absolute queen of social um, uh, silent auctions. If she's there or has been there and I've ever been there, she's walking up four or five times. And you might think that, oh, because she's spending lots of money. No, she's not. She's just, I don't know what she does. Maybe she does something with the ticket. Some people do the little crumple, the fold. Whatever she's been doing she knows exactly what she's doing and she keeps winning. And like, I've, I've seen her walk up and trot up and say, Oh, there's cat grandma. She's going up a bunch of times. Win, win, win. What's the secret? Cat she grandma. Won't, she we won't share. Know. She won't refuse know. to share. <laughs> <laughs> People are just lucky though. Like, she, like she's just lucky. Is there a secret or just you're lucky? I make my Seriously. own luck. <laughs> 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 Which is why I have none. Which is why you have not, you have to go back to the chocolate kinder, Stem cap or whatever the <laughs> yeah, heck that so was. Stupid. How much is that thing worth on eBay? <laughs> Jack, you, nothing. What about you, Mac? Thing? <laughs> well, the, the the biggest prize I ever won, I, I was in, uh, we, we were at a fundraiser at a restaurant. And so I put a, just about all my tickets in on the silent auction draw for yeah. the $300 worth of Highs gift certificates. And um, they were drawing the prizes and, and nature called. And I was in a fairly compromised position, and I could hear them calling my number. <laughs> going once. No. Oh, God, no! <laughs> Wait! <laughs> going twice. Wait! <laughs> going three times, I managed to uh, finish what I was doing, get my hands washed, and everything, ran out just in the nick of time as they were about to draw another number. I was able to claim those highest gift certificates. Quite proudly, that's the biggest prize I've ever won, and I almost won and didn't get the prize. Wow. And uh, Forte, what about you? When I was in high school, I was in the cafeteria, and I uh, bought a little little carton of chocolate milk and uh, go and sit down the hallway and uh, open this thing up, and it starts mooing at me. Nice. I'm going, what the, what, what's going on here? <laughs> well, 
apparently I had won a copy of the movie a, a Journey to the Center of the Earth with Brennan Fraser. And uh, I never claimed the prize because, like, you had to <laughs> mail it in and do all this. But I was very excited that you know, I got this mooing carton of milk. For Jay. Is that the 3D one with the 3D? I don't think it was 3D. I think it was just. Oh, that one was 3D. Forte, you blew it, though. It's a movie. Oh! Even I have to groan at that one. Well, maybe Greg's wanting in on Jerry's joke pool. So we're going to name the winner of the Seinfeld tickets at 750. But to win bomber tickets for this Friday's game, you need to tell us about the coolest thing you ever won. We're going to pick a winner for that at 915. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Hey, by the way, it's Bike to Work Day. And to kick off Bike Week, we're going to be talking about that a lot today on CJOB. And just a heads up that at our building at 201 Portage, they've set up a pit stop outside the building at the corner of Portage and Notre Dame. What can you get? What's what's the deal? They've got some giveaways and some cold water if you need for the stop. Oh, nice. Yeah, so if you are taking your bike to work today and it takes you by 201 Portage, feel free to stop by the pit stop. I was thinking more like a pit stop from races, right? Like, zzz, like tires come off, new tires go on, a quick change and check the oil on your chain. Everything's running. Your brakes look good. Get out of here, man. Go, 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 go. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe they're doing, you'll see some of that at two on oh, one Portage. So we'll talk more about that. Biking at 735. And also we are asking you to tell us about the coolest thing you ever won. What does Chrissy, uh, Christy have to say? So in April, my daughter and I went to New York City to see some Broadway plays. But the only place she really wanted to see was Hamilton, which is, of course, incredibly expensive. And if you can get tickets, uh, they cost a lot, but it's always sold out. When we got there, we decided to stand in line for standby tickets in case there were any last minute. We didn't get standby tickets, but this incredible family from Wisconsin pulled us out of the line and gave us their two extra tickets. What? Free. Free. The only thing they would let me do is buy drinks at intermission. We sat in row five, center stage. It was out of this world. Best experience ever. Uh, Yeah. Hello, Christy. Wow. Yeah. I wonder if that couple bought the four tickets, like the Wisconsin people, just because that's all they could get and thought they'd give it away. But, you know, you could, they could have sold those for hundreds. So that's just a kind, kind thing to do. No kidding. That's incredible, Christy. Thank you so much for sharing that. Glad you got to see it. That's such a you – know, there are so many people who'd love to go see a Broadway show and to get to see that one. Indeed, that is awesome. So we're going to pick a winner for the Bomber tickets for this Friday's game at 9.15. And a reminder, the Dolphins Country Fest Code of the Day comes up in our next segment. And we've got Seinfeld tickets to give away based on Jerry's Joke Pool. That's a contest that's been running at cjob.com for the last week or so. We'll pick that winner at 7.50. Right now, though, Greg, in the wake of Global News' exclusive reporting in the Indo-Pacific region, where our crew witnessed firsthand a Chinese warship buzzing a U.S. Navy destroyer in the Taiwan Strait. Close encounter, the U.S. says, was intentional. Yeah, global cameras caught it. Go to globalnews.ca to see this story, because for as gripping as the story itself is, the video is incredible. Speaking at a top-level security summit in Singapore on Sunday, U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin labeled China's actions, quote, irresponsible, and called on China to rein in that type of conduct. Once again, quote, Conduct that could force things to spiral 
out of control. Global's Mackenzie Gray has this. HMCS Montreal has left the Taiwan Strait, but the busy seas we saw there have followed us on our journey. As we move into the East China Sea, so does the People's Liberation Army Navy, continuing to shadow the Canadian-American warships on a joint mission, traveling through international waters. But the traffic increased today, first with a pod of dolphins alongside the Montreal, then with an Australian and a Japanese warship meeting up for a new mission. Essentially, we're going to be just working with uh, multinational partners to promote the free and open Indo-Pacific region. The Chinese ship launched one of their helicopters, circling the Montreal twice before flying off an action not viewed as concerning by the Canadians. They'll send out their helicopters to see who's operating off their coast, figure out who we are, where we are, and they try to figure out what we're doing, but we try to keep that to ourselves. The new exercise pre-planned, and not a response to yesterday's close call between USS Changhun and a Chinese warship in the Taiwan Strait, a maneuver the Chinese defense minister defended. Li Shengfu calling the joint Canada-US mission a provocation to China saying the United States is truly the primary cause of tensions in the South China Sea. But our exclusive video from yesterday tells another story. The Chinese warship steaming across from the left, cutting off the Chenghun only 150 yards from its bow, after telling the Americans on the radio to move or get hit. The Chenghun needing to slow down to avoid a collision. American Indo-Pacific Command calling the maneuver unsafe and a violation of maritime rules. This is a clearly provocative and, and arguably unprofessional uh, event. Um, and I would say that the, you know, the Chinese captain knew exactly what he was doing. This was not an accident. As you can see behind us, the Montreal has met up with the Canadian refueling ship, the Asterisk, which was providing diesel and other supplies for the final leg of our journey. Yeah, Mackenzie Gray has been embedded with the HMCS Montreal for a week now, and his his reports were fascinating, Loren, but to, to have actual and have the, the, the global cameras capture this actual maneuver by uh, the Chinese Navy, absolutely jaw-dropping. Yeah, it's fascinating that he was there for that on the HCMS to see something like that because they're there just trying to get a, a snapshot of what's going on, uh, both with what we do in the Navy and also what's going on in and around Taiwan in those international waters. And just this morning, like 52 minutes ago, the United States military released video of that close call, that maneuver that was clearly not an accident. And it's from the vantage point of the American destroyer, the USS Chung-Hoon. And so I'm, I know we'll be working to get that up at globalnews.ca, cgob.com, because you can see the ship just cut across in front it wasn't like oh sorry my bad i didn't see you there like it's it's an intentional move whether it's to just try to be provoking to make a statement i don't know what but the the video shows that it was about 150 meters away and the american destroyer as mckenzie pointed out it had to reduce his speed by 10 10 knots to avoid collision because it was going at a rapid pace and then this ship cuts and cross so go take a look for that video as well because uh here you are thinking you know these the ocean is so vast and big and it's not like you're in a small lake where you have to have your head on a swivel to see if another boat's around you and there he is out there seeing like a so much action it's a pretty incredible experience 150 meters like 400 feet between four and 500 feet it's not a lot of space at all when you're talking about these football field plus uh, in length warships, crazy stuff.
It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. For the next two weeks, you have the chance to win a pair of three-day general admission Weekend passes to Dolphins Country Fest, happening June 30th to July 2nd. So, for the next two weeks, each day, just after 7.15, we will announce the Country Fest Code of the Day, which you can enter at cgob.com for a chance to win, Loren. But but you can't do that, okay? I won't, I won't. Today's right. code word is... Oh, it's a hard one. Camping. So again, enter that code word at cjob.com. The winner will be announced on Monday, June 19th. Again, the code word is camping. And indeed, cjob.com is where you go to enter that code word. So don't text it to us at 204-780-6868. Do not text it. Go to cjob.com for your chance to win at our new code word every day just after 715. Also up for grabs today, we've got bomber tickets for Friday's game against Hamilton to open the regular season. We're asking you what's the coolest thing you ever won? Shannon's sort of going about this in a different way. Shannon says, I've never won anything in my life. By winning these bomber tickets, that would be my first win ever. (laughs) Really? She's actually not the only one that's tried that this morning. A couple people trying to, you know, play on our heartstrings, right? If we give them to them now, then they can proclaim their first win. Yeah, and I guess there really is maybe some potential to the the not winning things ever. I, I... for example, at socials, there are some some people I've seen at several socials, and they it's like they've got the system figured out. Because I'll say, hey, you were at such and such a social, and you won there too. Now you're walking out of here with a barbecue. Last week, you got yourself a set of lawn chairs or whatever. Like, what's <laughs> the trick? Backyard, get their backyard all set up just by going to these spring wedding socials. Yeah, but uh, it, I, I don't try that often. But I guess maybe the more you try these contests... The, the more you chance you have to win. Like, Loren, you made that great point about those surveys that they always tell you about. Yes. And uh, when you buy something, hey, they, they circle it on the bill, go here and enter for a chance to win. I never do it. I say it to myself every time, I'm going to try that this time. And then I immediately forget about it. Right. Like, you get those receipts always, and it says if you just, and they circle at the bottom, like, all you got to do is go to Loblaws or whatever the grocery store is you're at. And I just wonder how many people actually do that. Maybe lots of people go home and do it. But I think the odds might be you take that receipt and you get home and you don't. And it's often coming from companies that, you know, like you're not going to feel bad taking from the Loblaws of the world. Let me tell you that right now. If you win a groceries for a year or a $500 prize, right? So no. I don't know why we're not doing it, but I, I never do. I think it's clear that we're not because Home Depot in the last couple of years has upped the ante on those forever it was a thousand bucks we entered to win a thousand dollar gift card it's three thousand now really yeah and they put the qr code right there on your receipt no, you and- just have to scan it like and then enter a name and for some reason we're just not like we're, do we think it's a scam is that what's stopping us or is it the time they're collecting our information they want to know more about our lives. That's a four-letter word. There's a Z in there and an L and an A and a Y in there, I think. <laughs> so we're Crazy. Gonna pick- I just figured it out. Sorry. <laughs> and before we talk about more about Bike to Work Day, Bike Week, we are asking you for a chance to win bomber tickets about the coolest thing you've ever won, like Gerhard who says, and this is quite the story here, so we're, we're going to split duties on this one, Loren, but it mm-hmm. starts with, not mine, but my son Hudson, who was nine at the time, entered a contest for Winnipeg Jets and Boston Pizza's Design a Mask in 2018. 
The night of the deadline to enter, we drove to the St. Vitel location. I told Hudson several times, we're not going in for dinner. We're just dropping it off. We got there. I handed it to the woman at the host stand. She thanked us and said, I'll make sure this gets entered. I was thinking, yeah, right. That's going into file 13. I'm so guessing after, that's the garbage can, I'm guessing. Yes, it must be some sort of a nickname for that. But So Gerdhardt says, after a couple of weeks of telling Hudson the odds were slim to nil, we get the phone call and he goes nuts. He won a pro Bauer helmet with his design done up by a professional artist, a jersey, dinner for four, and then four tickets to a game against the Red Wings. Plus, we were invited to a practice where he had a meet and greet with Hellebuck. We got a ton of autographs, and a stick was autographed by then-backup Michael Hutchinson. Oh, he was on the pregame show, the radio broadcast, and I should also mention Hellebuck signed the helmet. So a true shout-out to the True North organization as they treated Hudson like gold, and as all parents would agree, someone makes your kid's day, they make the parent's day as well. So he won the prize, but we won a fantastic memory. That's awesome. That's a, that's a heck of a prize. No kidding. Way to go. So keep those coming for a chance to win. We're going to pick a winner for the Bomber tickets for this Friday's game at 9.15. And yes, file 13 is a euphemism for the trash can, mm. especially used in the U.S. military and ah. is less common outside of the United States. All right. Circular file, I've heard that one. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? So now when the boss says, I'll put this in file 13, I know they're just chucking my ideas yeah. out the road. Yeah. I'll file this under G. Yeah. I've heard that one. <laughs> For garbage? That's also for garbage? Yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. So in the meantime, Loren, bike to work day, bike week, and uh, lots to discuss as it pertains to cycling. Because earlier, you you know, you you raised some good questions like I I didn't really know the answers to. Yeah. So at eight o'clock, we're going to talk to uh, Bike Winnipeg because there's a big group that's moving from Assiniboine to different locations. They're encouraging people to get out and find different ways to commute this week. But, you know, like every day of the year, if you can, there are definitely more bikes in the road. We have more active transportation lanes and we're building more as we speak in a number of key corridors in this city. And I think there's a lot of people, if I ask this question this morning, if you're a driver, what's your biggest beef? With cyclists, I know I'll be opening up a whole can of worms, but have at her, 780-6868. And for cyclists, what's your biggest beef? Because when you look at the Highway Traffic Act, and I look at all the advice on MPI, cyclists are supposed to treat the road the same way the driver does, and so that the same rules apply. But it's it's easier said than done. And so you're supposed to leave like a meter between you and the cyclist um, when you're turning left. You have to watch for a cyclist that might be coming in the other direction and yield to them just as you would as a car. So again, you're treating them like a car. And the big question I have with all these transportation lanes, depending on how they've been built, you mentioned in the exchange that it's it's limited your right to turn right on the red because the cyclist um, would be in that lane next to you. And so they're trying to make it a bit more safer. But I had that question, for example, in some of those active transportation lanes where there are no barriers and I'm trying to turn right say uh, into a parking lot or just turn right and that active lane is next to me and there's a cyclist coming up behind what am I supposed to do well you're supposed to yield to any cyclist traveling on your right don't try to pass them if you're planning to turn right into the next intersection or driveway because you're just going to cut them off and so if you see that biker coming in your side view mirror and you're about to turn right and they're in that active lane you have to yield for them. But I'm I'm genuinely curious how people are navigating all that because on the other end, Greg, cyclists are supposed to use the the hand signals and eye contact to communicate their actions if they're going to go left or right for you. And I don't know if I know any of those signals or have really seen much of them beyond the stop. And I think that would be the largest or the, the biggest 
complaint that drivers have uh, anywhere, not just in this city, but uh, I follow this debate pretty closely on social media. And that's not always necessarily the best measuring tool in terms of uh, figuring out where people stand. But uh, I follow people on both sides of this debate on social media. And that's probably the biggest complaint from drivers is the fact that, yes, Cyclists have the right to use the road, but they also have the same responsibilities as uh, motorists do in terms of following the rules. And that seems to be where things go off the rails. There's a sense by a lot of people that cyclists do not follow the rules of the road. And that's where that angst, why that anger, how those uh, confrontations are really largely based on the fact that the biggest one I think is when cyclists will, will pass you on the right on a street where there is no active transportation uh, available or active active, uh, transportation corridor or even a bike lane available, they'll pull up alongside you on the right and pass that solid line of traffic all the way up to, say, to the red light. They're not really allowed to do that. As soon as they pass you on the right, they're they're, they're really – that's an infraction. Yeah, you just you know now on the flip side, the giving a, the cyclists a meter. How do you do that, especially in Winnipeg, where you have so many streets where there are no bike lanes at all? Technically, really, I guess you're supposed to pass and move into the next lane and go around them. So, uh, the, the trade-off in a lot of minds of of motorists is not there, you know. And, and a lot of it is born out of cyclists not following the rules of the road. Well, for so long, it's not that there haven't been rules. For so long, they've been on the road or on the sidewalk, which is another bone of contention, right, for people when the cyclist is on the sidewalk and they're, and they're not really supposed to be. And on the other hand, especially if you're a parent with kids, you might be telling your kids to stay on the sidewalk with their bike because you're too stressed about them being on the kids road. Kids are allowed to be on the sidewalk. Yeah, I, I have no issue with that. It's when there's an adult downtown on the street, you know, biking down the sidewalk and it's like if you're really committed to biking then bike with the rules of the road and I was going back and forth with a driving school instructor and we're trying to bring one on this morning because I think we could all use an education but they had said in their email they're back and forth with me that you know the couple of the beasts should be that cyclists should not have earphones in both ears because they need to hear um, that we need to do a better job as drivers and how to navigate these active transportation lanes. Her concern is that they give everybody a false sense of security and that only correctly taught drivers will do this bike lane check, right? To look to see if someone's there before turning. And I don't think most of us do that. And then and in her opinion, she felt that cyclists should have to do some sort of knowledge test, test, just like a new car driver, right? Like obtain that bicycle permit. If you're someone's going to use that bike actively for commuting, what sort of test do you have to understand the rules of the road? And I think we get taught that when we're at, I don't know, Brad grade two or something. There might have been a bike. I know there was a bike lesson. Some guy would come to the school and teach mm-hmm. us all just safely locking your bike and a couple of the hand signals. But that wasn't for us to be actively using the roads like a car. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was grade three. We used to have, I can remember back in the day, the bike rodeo where they would set up the course. And then if you mastered the course at school, you would get sent to the to the city championships for oh, the bike wow. rodeo. And I also remember, you know, uh, 
having to uh, license my bicycle and then、mm. getting the little license plate and all that. And I, I think that's something that should be done, not only just because of the safety, but with all the bikes that are stolen in, the, in this city.、Sure. It's the only way you're ever going to get them back, is if there's some sort of record. Most people don't even know the serial, serial number, number of their、yeah. bicycle, let alone、uh, you know, any other information about it. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of things on the agenda with regard to cycling and motorists and how they could get along. Better that, that need to be implemented or at the very least discussed. Ron says he thinks cyclists should have license plates. Sorry, Brett, I wanted to add this point from Kyla. Kyla is a cyclist and a car commuter, and she says, who, as one who does both, both groups are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, we're talking bikes because there is a growing number of cyclists on Winnipeg streets. And today, you might be seeing more than usual. Yeah, so today is Bike to Work Day. This is all part of Bike Week, which is now in its 10th year here in Winnipeg. Dave Elmore is the Bike Week board chair and joins us now from a pit stop on a cycle from Assiniboine Park. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. How many morning. out there with you today? Describe the scene. Well, I've probably still got about 25 riders with me. We did a group ride this morning from Assiniboine Park and we're heading to the Forks. We've got about 25 left. I'd say we probably had at the peak probably around 40 people, but people tend to peel off as they've got to get to work. So it's, it's quite the sight. I know I've spent some time in the, in the summers down in behind、uh, Canada Life now by the Granite、uh, Curling Club and、uh, dropping my kids off for camps there. And I'm blown away by how many people use that particular route, Dave. Do we know how many people use their bikes regularly, not just for pleasure, but to get to work, school, or, or other? I'm not sure that we have. Have exacting numbers. I certainly can say that for sure the numbers are constantly growing. And I think that I think that the pandemic actually has has created even more growth because we know we know very well that lots and lots of people went out and bought bikes or dragged that old bike out from from、uh, from wherever in their shed somewhere and got out riding their bikes during the pandemic. And a lot of those people. Are looking to kind of continue. I think they enjoyed riding their bikes and they'd kind of forgotten how much they enjoyed it. And they,、uh, they're out there riding. So we're just seeing more and more and more people actually riding bikes. We've been talking this morning about how we can all better get along, motorists and cyclists. So does that start with lessons, for example? Like, should more cyclist information be added to driver's ed and should cyclists be required to do their own tests? Well, I don't know whether they, they need to do a test. I think that education is important. I'm actually a cycling educator. So、um, I, I agree that cycling education is, is important for people who ride bikes.、Um, but I, I think there's education on both sides of the coin that needs to be, that, and the information that needs to get out there so that people who are driving better understand people who are cycling, and people who are cycling have a better understanding of what they should do. So they're a little more consistent in terms of their behavior and how they. How they, how they actually behave on the roads. So let's talk about some of the things we might, we might need to know or be more aware of, Dave, because I said this morning, you know, we're adding to the cycling infrastructure, and I get a lot of work needs to be done. Still, a lot more is needed, and it's in some cases piecemeal. But if I'm driving next to, say, an active lane that's on my right hand side, what do, how do I need to treat it as the driver? What should I be thinking about? 
Well, as a driver, if you if you're overtaking a cyclist, what we what we generally would love to see is we'd love to see people giving us more space and not squeezing by us. But part of that also comes from a cyclist's perspective as well, is that I generally I would recommend that people ride at least a meter away from the curb. There's lots of reasons for that in terms of you know, in terms of the the, the actual conditions of the roads along those edges. But also, it gives you more room to, to to maneuver as as you're riding along, and I think when a lot of a lot of people ride, they tend to sort of hug the curb because they don't want to inconvenience, you know, the people drive, driving, and that just creates space and creates an in, in a situation where cars may just pass you too closely. I want to read a, a text we got here a little bit ago. Dave it says, I'm 54. I use a sidewalk. My daughter is 22, does as well. The math is simple. Car weighs over 3,000 pounds compared to a bike. Winnipeg has horrible drivers, bike, car, and truck. What's your, what's your response to that? My response to that is sidewalks are for walking. It's in the name. Uh, it's illegal to ride on the sidewalks, and actually, it's much more dangerous. Now, uh, when I say that, I mean that it's more dangerous when you are riding close to, you know, or interacting at intersections, because drivers can't necessarily know uh, or or sort of anticipate someone moving that quickly on a sidewalk, because it's not what they're looking for. They're looking for slow-moving pedestrians and not fast-moving bikes. And there was recently a... a, a a situation that was exactly like that. Somebody riding too fast on the on the sidewalk and got what we call a right hook. The car turning right and the bike slamming into the car. So I I would recommend people don't ride on the sidewalks. Yes, we don't have connected infrastructure everywhere, but where possible, you should try to find alternative routes, quieter streets. Uh, as opposed to, you know, riding down Portage Avenue. Yes, if you're on Portage Avenue, maybe you want to take the sidewalk. But if you're going to ride on the sidewalk, in my, what I tell people is then ride at pedestrian speed. And if you're riding at pedestrian speed, then why ride? Dave, we got to get out in just about 30 seconds. But, but quickly here, uh, do you like where the city is going in terms of its cycling infrastructure? I, I do. I think things are improving. We're getting a little bit, all, a little bit more all the time. We need a lot, um, and we've got a long ways to go. But we're headed in the we're headed in the right direction. We just need to put uh, again. We need to move more in a direction of giving people alternatives to how they transport themselves, because we can't continue to grow just a car city. Dave Elmore, Bike Week Board Chair, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Dave, thank you very much for this. We appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Thank you very much. We got to begin today. We begin the countdown to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers season opener Friday night. Hamilton Tiger Cats provide the opposition as the blue and gold look to reach the Grey Cup for the fourth straight season. Yeah, and the Bombers are also looking to claim their third championship in four seasons. And tonight, the season debut of the Coaches Show, Mike O'Shea and our guest this morning, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, Derek Taylor is joining us now on the start. DT, good morning, my friend. Good morning. So, uh, you all set uh, for tonight's big uh, season debut with, uh, with the coach? I think so, yeah. Today's the first day of practice now that all the cuts have been made. 
So there'll be plenty to talk about. There are plenty of questions about, hey, Mark Leggio got released. He was the kicker for the last year, you know, year and most of the year before. And, oh, what about this? And, hey, are these guys coming back injured? So it's going to be it's going to be good. Excited to have Coach O'Shea back in studio. So uh, almost 60% of respondents to our extremely non-scientific poll over the weekend at cjob.com are expecting a Grey Cup appearance and or win by the home side. And you did your own poll on Twitter leading up to the to the game on Friday night, and I think it's still up there, asking how many games the Bombers would win this, se- this season. And I would suggest, Derek, a similar number of people expecting a boatload of regular season wins for this club. Yeah, the majority, over 60% of people said between 12 and 14 wins is what I expect from the, the Bombers this season. It was 15 last season, a club record. So 12 to 14 is still enough for first place in the West. And when you look at the CFL right now, uh, Doug mentioned it on the, on the postgame show, Hamilton might be their biggest contender, their biggest mm-hmm. challenger for the Grey Cup. So that we get this matchup in week number one is pretty exciting. So the biggest story coming out of the weekend, of course, was Saturday's cutdown day. And I have to say, I don't know why I reacted this way, Derek, but when I heard Mark Leggio was no longer part of the club, I was surprised. And I'm not sure if it was a surprise because I couldn't believe it, but because I, I, I guess maybe I wondered, you know, why now after all the ups and downs of last season? So talk a bit about that. What what was said and uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I, I wasn't surprised it happened, but it still kind of shocked me a little bit because... Leggio kicked every ball last season, right? Like he was, he was the kicker. He was, he had that kick in the, uh, in the uh, Labor Day game, the 55 yard event that put the rider bombers ahead late, put the riders in the hole late. It, and, you know, he was the one that, that coach O'Shea rode with all season long, and even through some struggles like that Montreal game at home. And anytime they went to BC. So it, it was, it just was a little bit of a shock. It, I guess it makes sense because, Sergio Castillo was brought in, you know, after the Elks released him to do the kicking. And then the punters, the two guys they took in the global draft, Jamison Sheehan and Carl Schmitz, uh, look good in preseason. So they have options punting. And then one of the guys will handle the kickoffs, which will be fine. It's still, he was such a big, important, well, he was such a big piece last year, an important piece. And, and the coaching staff very clearly wanted Mark to succeed. So it just, just that shock of, oh, it's, it's over. Oh, okay. Uh, it took me a little time to, to process that, but I guess the Bombers, they had an open competition among five guys, all camp long, six guys at one point. And uh, yeah, they felt Mark, I guess, wasn't, wasn't the one for 2023. Derek, the big story from last week, of course, was the suspension of the blue bombers, big free agent from this past off season, Kenny Lawler. So do we have more clarity on the situation with one of the top receivers in the CFL? Yeah, it was what Doug hypothesized in the uh, in the pregame show that it would end up being uh, issues with the border that were a problem. And Paul Friesen and the Winnipeg Sun wrote, wrote a good piece. Uh, he he pointed out, hey, uh, Kenny pleaded guilty to he was caught, he was a he was a charged with drunk driving back in April of or pardon me, October of 2021. In April of this year, he pleaded guilty to that, so he has to then pay his punishment. But then, of course. When you're coming from America to Canada, the border wants to control, you know, who's in and who's out and things like, you know, being convicted of uh, driving while intoxicated cause problems at the border. So Paul had dug up that that's what the problem is, and it will take some time to rectify. There are things, certain things you have to do, and, and I don't know what they are, but there are certain things you have to do to say, hey, yes, I should be able to work in Canada 
and deal with paperwork and possibly interviews, stuff like that. So uh, that part is, is has to be done. And now, you know, the bombers in their statement said, we think it'll be three to four weeks. There's no guarantee of what, what time length it is. It could be shorter. It could conceivably be longer. But, yeah, it's it's a border and, and work permit issue that's, that's keeping Kenny Lawler off the field, but opening up opportunities in a very, very deep receiving core. Okay, so Derek, you know, obviously Lawler won't be on the practice field until this situation is cleared up, but there were several veterans who didn't really practice at all or if they did in a very limited fashion throughout training camp and through the preseason. So who are you going to be looking for? Which numbers are you going to be looking for right away when uh, practice uh, opens this morning? Yeah, yeah, it'll be a big deal if they're not at practice this morning, right, through camp. There could be, there could be. Hey, it would, certain veteran guys don't need to practice, so it's fine. But if number twenty, Brady Oliveira, number four, Adam Bigsell, Jackson Jeffcoat, number ninety-four, aren't out there, we're going to start asking questions more of. Okay, the game's Friday. Like, there, are, Jackson hasn't practiced since you know May eighteenth. Thereabout, uh, is he going to be ready to play? Right, he didn't play in the preseason, so. Those those are the three big ones that can, they're going to be watching. We saw Winston Rose get injured early on in camp, and Desmond Lawrence in about a, the middle of camp. Two of their cornerbacks, so two more that will be like, okay, what about those two? There's there's fill in for those guys, but those first three, those are those guys are a big deal. Brady over a thousand yards for the first time last season. Uh, Adam Big Hill, a first like a, a CFL All Star last season, and you know a critical point in which their defense go, works around and Jackson Jeffcoat, one of the best in, in the entire CFL at getting pressure on the quarterback. Those guys can't play against Hamilton on Friday and don't, well, don't practice today. We're going to start to think, oh, this is close and maybe they won't play in the season and home opener. Uh, talk about uh, the Blue Bombers number three quarterback and the work that he did yeah. to secure his job and, and maybe there might even be some uh, Bomber fans looking to get a jersey with his name and number on it. Yeah, Tyrell Pigram. And his nickname, he brought it with him, it's Piggy T. Stop blaming Ted Wyman for making it up. Piggy T is his nickname, and uh, he was dynamic in the preseason. His ability to run the football was incredible. 45-yard touchdown run against Edmonton. He broke four tackles on a run on a, on a real nice touchdown drive. His pass game against Saskatchewan. Uh, Tyrell Pigram is uh, is exciting, and what we thought the Bombers would be looking for would be a quarterback who can run with a third quarterback spot behind Drew Brown and the starter Zach Kolaris. And Pigram showed he can do exactly that. He got a little chance to show he could do some other stuff, you know, throwing the football. Uh, but it was the, it was the running stuff that I think made us all kind of perk up and go, "Oh, that's exciting! Oh, and I can imagine that in small doses during the season to enhance Kolaris in the offense." Uh, let's get on that. So uh, Tyrell Pigram, he's now number 13. Uh, the Bombers revealing, hey, some guys switched numbers during the during uh, preseason or for the season. Pigram, number 13, will be the one to watch for. Before we let you go, Derek, just curious how they've been managing practices and, and everything in this heat. Friday's game, a high of 28, so that's decent. doesn't look as sweltering as the next couple days and the past couple days have been. But this is early for everyone, uh, whether you know Winnipeg weather or not. Yeah, I mean, they, they'll instead of taking more breaks, camp was hot in the beginning, but not this oppressively hot. Like this is hot with that humidity, right? This is this is the kind of gross hot versus the it was just twenty 
25, 27 degrees with relatively low humidity at the beginning of camp. You have some guys that will be used to this, right? Guys from, from Florida and the southern U.S. will be used to it. But, yeah, they, they would take more breaks and they would do a little less, a little less work just because it is so – Man, it's it's awful when I'm just sitting there. Much less I'm I'm trying to run around at full speed and and show coaches stuff. So yeah, they're they're very conscientious about about uh, things like this. And I mean, this is a player safety issue ultimately. So yeah, they'll they may shorten up practice. They may take some more stuff out of it inside, more breaks for water, whatever it is. But yeah, the heat will definitely be top of mind for for coaches and the training staff today. So coaches show makes its season debut tonight with Mike O'Shea. Derek, what time? 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock live. You can uh, hit me up at DT on OB or text in at 204-780-6868 with your questions. And uh, nothing uh, nothing off limits for me to ask Mike O'Shea whether he'll answer just about anything. It's a whole different thing. But I will <laughs> I will take your questions to him with this. Yeah, yeah. He won't tell us anything about lineups and stuff. Or, you know, he's not great. He doesn't want to talk about injuries because of player privacy. But if you said that, I'll ask him. Derek Taylor, the voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, joining us live on the start. Derek, thank you for this, sir. Thank you. And the Bombers once again play Hamilton on Friday. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We've got Bomber tickets to give away for this Friday's season opener against Hamilton. And we're asking you about the coolest thing you ever won, like this Winnipegger. Howie Prosiak, who won free wings for a year from Smitty's because of that sign he had at the Blue Jays game saying, my wife thinks I'm watching this game at Smitty's in Winnipeg, but the game was in Minnesota. And uh, one of our runners-up is B-Rad, who started his text message with Bretterino. Haven't heard that one in a while. But he says, (laughs) when lotteries first started to use those uh, self-checker machines, where you put your, the ticket underneath and scan it. The machine stated, you won a substantial prize. Everyone in 7-Eleven was freaking out. Well, <laughs> it was $67. Come on. <laughs> so the machines don't make that statement anymore. I, I mean, 67 bucks is nothing to sneeze at. No, well, no, no. Well, that's substantial prize. Substantial is that. a real stretch yeah. there. <laughs> Holy smokes. And we yeah. had the exact opposite from one of our listeners who said she did a scratch and win. Thought she'd won fifty bucks, but it was actually five thousand. Oh, so the exact opposite scenario there. Oh, that's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a substantial prize. See this one from Pat here, another oh. runner-up. I'm not mad at Pat. It's just that yes, this is you why are. we need to. Well, we no, I'm mad at myself because <laughs> I don't. I need to. I need to invest in contesting. Is my statement? You know, Pat says I have won a free seven-day cruise twice. Well, being on a cruise, the first was a raffle draw, and the second was one in a slot tournament. Pat's going to make some enemies in the cruising world if uh, they keep doing that. (laughs) Imagine that, being on the cruise twice and winning another cruise trip. We need to invest in contesting. This is what we need to do. Invest some time. The winning is out there. One of our listeners, I won't won't read the entire thing. One of our listeners, Daryl, said that he got a a speeding ticket for doing 57 and a 55. Come on. And he went to uh, to Vegas. This was in Southern California. Went to Vegas. He said, and the ticket was substantial. I had three hundred and eighty bucks. Did he say? And so he said, "I'm going to the, I'm going to the casino. I'm taking this five dollars. I'm going to make enough money to pay that pay that uh, ticket." 
Yeah. And he did. In fact, oh. he ended up making, I think, cashed out about 700 bucks. So. Yeah. Nice. Well Did done. he keep it, though? The number of times I well, get Well, he had to old... pay the ticket. Yes, but then the hu- my husband will say, I won last night at the casino, or I went out with, just did well at the VLTs. He doesn't do it often. This is like once every five years. And then I say, where's the money? He's like, well, it was, it was like bonus money. So Gerhard. It's gone. It's gone. Gerhard is our winner, Greg. Start us off. because The, coo- it- the coolest win? Not mine, but my son Hudson, who was nine at the time, entered the contest for the Winnipeg Jets and Boston Pizza's design a mask. That was back in 2018. The night of the deadline to enter, we drove to the St. Vitel location. And I told Hudson several times, we're not going in for dinner. We're just dropping it off. We got there, and I handed it to the woman at the host stand. She thanked us and said, I'll make sure this gets entered. I was thinking, yeah, right. That's going right into file 13. File 13, by the way, is a euphemism for the garbage. But, Loren, finish off the Gerhard's winning story for us. Okay, so anyway, after a couple of weeks of telling Hudson that the odds were slim to nil, we get the phone call, and he went nuts. He won a Pro Bauer helmet with his design done up by a professional artist, won a jersey, dinner for four, four tickets to a game against the Red Wings. Plus, we were invited to the practice and had a meet and greet with Hellebuck, got a ton of autographs, a stick that was autographed by then backup Michael Hutchinson. And, oh, he was on the pregame show, the radio broadcast. Should also mention Hellebuck signed the helmet. Gerhardt says a shout out to the True North organization. They treated Hudson like gold, and as all parents would agree, someone makes your child's day, they make the parents' day as well. So he won the prize, but we won a fantastic memory. And Gerhard, you win bomber tickets for this Friday's game for that amazing story. Thank you very much for sharing. That's a really nice, uh, really nice story. We appreciate it.